welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey everyone, this is Chris and welcome back to Dads with Daughters where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Today, I'm really excited to be able to bring you Josh Labs. And Josh Labs is an entrepreneur. He's a former CNN and NPR journalist, a global expert on modern fathers in the workplace. But but really, he's passionate about being a dad himself, but also passionate about being an advocate for fatherhood. And I've met Josh numerous times, but we met a number of times at the Dad 2.0 conference. We've talked about the Dad 2.0 conference on this podcast before, uh, but always been really impressed with everything that he's doing to to be out in front and being an advocate for fathers. Thanks, Josh, for being here today. Hey, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here and talk to you. There's no uh, more exciting conversation than talking about modern dadhood. I definitely agree. Now, I always start these interviews turning the clock back in time. And I know that you've got a six-year-old daughter right now, and, and every age is a fun age. But I want to turn back the clock. I want to get your reaction. What was your first reaction when you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Well, so we had two boys and we were, <laughs> my wife was pregnant with our third and, you know, we were hoping for the girl and we were, you know, we knew we'd be happy either way. But when we found out that she was a girl, that was, uh, that we were, uh, we were thrilled. It was actually the only time we found out the gender while my wife was still pregnant instead of waiting. Oh, we were, we were thrilled. I was so excited. You know, I, I was so happy to have my two boys and I was also hoping to have my little girl. It was thrilling. It was it was awesome. Now your kids are at different ages. You you have three kids, and all three of them, you know, are going to be unique in their own ways. Think about your children, and and especially your daughter, because it's the Dads with Daughters podcast. What would you say has been the most memorable experience that you've had thus far as a father to a daughter? Well, you know, my situation is unusual because I had a whole battle for paternity leave when she was born, and then that turned into this whole thing, and led to me writing a book, and led to all these projects, and led to the work that I do. So. From literally the day she was born, the battle to be able to be an equal caregiver to her, despite, you know, the, the policies I was up against in the workplace, those were very big. So it started off with a bang. But in terms of our experiences, our relationships, you know, I mean, I discover new things from them all the time and watch them grow and just try to follow them. And it just so happens that my daughter is very into <laughs> all the girly stuff. You know, she's very into wearing dresses all the time and the pinks and yellows and princesses and Barbies and all that. And so a lot of the play that we do ends up being, you know, the kinds of things that she wants to do and play. And it's different in our particular case from what it was with the boys, just the way she is. But, you know, with something that's big picture, I think like I have a real gender equal mentality and I see all my kids as being you know, independent human beings and, and hopefully not defined by other people. And so it's just kind of discovering them every day. But I guess, you know, when you talk about the differences, it's that being a, a guy who grew up a boy, there are certain <laughs> kinds of play and interests that I just never happen to have. Some boys do, but I didn't. And so the way I play with her is different. And it's something that I'm learning from. Like, how do we play dolls? How do I get into this and not get bored quickly? How do I play Barbies? How, how do I also uh, introduce her to to all these other things, the kinds of things that I'm into? So it's this constant back and forth. But I'm always trying to, with all my kids, let them lead a little bit so I can make sure that we're tapping into their interests and helping them become who they are. You know, it's the same thing you do. It is. And even my tween every once in a while comes to me and says, I want to do your makeup, dad. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. I'm so not ready. I'm so, 
Oh, man. I mean, I can't even imagine those years. I'm probably going to be so overprotective. You definitely are protective. We want them to experience everything in life. But at the same time, you also don't want their hearts to break. You don't want them to get hurt in any way. But you also don't want your son's hearts to break too or or to get hurt. I'm sure it's a different dynamic. I have two daughters, as you know. So you know, I don't have the experience of being a father to a son. But I would just assume that. Yeah, no, it is true. I mean, you know, to some extent, I'm, I'm protected with all of them, but it, it is also true. Like, maybe this is something biological and not just societal that kicked in. But, you know, once I had my daughter, I understood the story of Rapunzel. <laughs> like, when she's a teen, I just want to lock her away and keep her safe. And, you know, not that any monsters in the world get anywhere near her, which, of course, I want for all my kids, but it is especially frightening for a girl. So, you know, learning to it, I, I love seeing her become independent and she already is at six. You know, she is fierce and in charge and you cannot mess with her. And I love that. I love her strength and her toughness. But yeah, I can already foresee having those fears, which are more acute for a girl. And even though, you know, all the same dangers exist for boys as well. Numerically, often they, they exist more for girls. So anyway, yeah, I, I understand the, that the feelings of overprotectiveness are kind of kicking in in me, but um, I also understand that I need to quash them and need to support all their independence equally. Now, you just mentioned fears, and I think every father has fears, whether it's a, a son or a daughter, but but you mentioned the concerns and having fears with having a daughter. What is your biggest fear of having a daughter and raising a daughter today? Interesting. I think one of the biggest fear Look, I guess I just have to go broader than that because it doesn't boil down to one thing. It's the thing that I find most difficult to accept about life is not the things that are out of your control. It's more the things that are in the control of human beings and human beings refuse to do the right thing. So, you know, understanding that, you know, all my kids, including my daughter, are entering into a world in which there will be terrible leaders who lie and there will be horrible people who carry out crimes and that any person can be affected by that at any time. It's a constant fear that you have from the moment you become a parent about the things that can happen. You know, I say, I say parenthood is like a big bang in your life. When you become a parent, suddenly there's this universe that you're responsible for. And it's so precious and you hold it in your hands and anything can happen to this universe, right? And so knowing that you have to live with that is frightening in and of itself. And and I look at a lot of the challenges that women are going through and all people are going through, you know, with me too and all that. And I think about what's out there in the future, you know, and I do worry about people who will support horrible leadership or and people who on an individual level will do horrible things and how other people will let them get away with it. But because of that fear, I keep in mind the importance of, I guess, two things. One, strength, independence that I want all my kids to have, but also that you can't control the bad things that happen to you in life. You can control the way you respond to them usually. And that determines who you are. It's a, one of the probably the biggest determinant of who you are, how you handle bad things that happen to you in life. So I want all my kids, including my daughter, to see that that's the part you can always control. It's like life is chess. You know, your next move is under your control. So, yeah, I have all kinds of fears about the horrible things that can happen. But I want them to be willing to be warriors. Which is really how all this fits together because, you know, from the time my daughter was born, she grew up with me fighting for equal paternity leave, fighting against backward sexist structures that hurt women and men, fighting this good fight, leaving CNN to write the book and and work full time for gender equality. So I want them to know that, you know, I took this situation 
and fought for good, even though it was a bad situation. So when you talk about book schools, it's, is that any of those things can happen to them. And then I think about the, the other side of that, which is what do I want to instill in them? What do I want to instill in my daughter and my sons? And that is the knowledge that no matter, even if some of those awful things happen to them, they get to decide. Usually they get to decide how they will respond to it. That's where strength comes from. And you know that's something I want them to feel empowered by throughout their lives. You see what I'm saying? I do. And, you know, I think that you've alluded to this a number of times where you're talking about the experience that you had with the birth of your daughter and kind of the fight that you had to go through to be an equal parent. Why don't you tell us that story a little bit? I know you've told this story numerous times in very different places, but, you know, for the people that are listening today, for us, tell us that story and tell us, you know, what made you decide to start this journey toward gender equality, toward trying to 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 work with fathers to get that equal parenting leave and, and parenting rights? First, I, I did 10 years on NPR, and then I was at CNN, and I was on air doing a lot of stuff, but especially a lot of fact-checking. And at the, that's when I became a dad, and, and I started doing fact-checking, not just about politics, but also about families and parenthood. And I found that there were all these myths out there about fathers and, you know, these false ideas that we're lazy, that we get more leisure time, that we are incapable, that we're uninvolved. So I started fact-checking those things as well and writing columns about fatherhood. And that's when my wife became pregnant with our third child, with our daughter. And we realized that I would be needed at home to do caregiving after she was born. And I was already reporting about the fact that that's normal, (laughs) that dads are caregivers too. But the policies that I was under at CNN, which was part of Time Warner, the policies were ridiculous, but sadly, also typical. Under those policies, at the time, anyone could get 10 paid weeks after having a new kid, except a biological father. So anyone except a dad in a traditional scenario could get 10 paid weeks to be home caring for their kid. So I challenged it internally. I found out the protocol. I went to benefits totally in secret. I said, look, this had to be a mistake. There's no way that when you were adding all these groups of people who could get 10 paid weeks that you meant to leave out biological fathers. And so they said, oh, that's interesting. Put it in writing. So I did. And then months went by with no answer. And then my daughter was born prematurely in an emergency. My wife had severe preeclampsia. My daughter was tiny, four pounds. Anyway, a guy like me under those policies could only get two weeks. So I was asking work from the hospital, hey, am I going to get the 10 weeks? And they still wouldn't give me an answer. And then 10 days later, I'm home holding my four pound preemie and, and caring for my, my sick wife and my two boys. And that's when work said, no, I could not have the time. So I took legal action and it got a ton of publicity. And long of the short, ultimately, Time Warner revolutionized his policies and made it much, much better for almost everyone, including moms and dads. Much better policies. Moms got more out of it. And anyway, as a part of this, HarperCollins came along and invited me to write a book, and I did. And I went on this journalistic exploration to figure out why had so many people, women's groups, men's groups, people across the political spectrum, socioeconomic spectrum, people around the world, why had they taken such an interest in my family's case? And I came to understand the crux of it, which is that this is a huge issue in gender equality that gets very little attention, that everything holding back women at work holds back men at home. And until men can be equal caregivers, women will never have equal opportunities in the workplace. So that's what I wrote about. And now I, I then I left CNN and worked full time. After my book came out, I left and, and I worked full time to help businesses transform their policies and cultures to treat dads as equal caregivers. Now, I know that you also have been doing some kind of really unique things with Dove Men Plus Care. And a couple of years back, they started an effort to 
bring forth a paternity pledge. Can you tell me more about that effort and where that's at right now? Sure. So, you know, before I even partnered with Dove Men Plus Care, I was already writing about them in my book because what we need to do to change the culture is normalize images of men as equal caregivers. We need to end the stereotypes that we see on TV of men as incapable buffoons acting like kids and start to recognize the truth, the facts, what the actual facts show. And people can see this at my website. It's joshlebs.com. Just click on dad facts and you'll see the facts that men are equal caregivers and can do all these things. So pop culture images that show men as equal caregivers is essential. And Dove Men Plus Care has been leading the way in this for years by not acting like it's strange or unusual or special to see a man caring for his child, but instead just showing it as the normalcy that it is. And I've done some projects with Dove Men Plus Care. And one is the Paternity Leave Pledge, which allows anyone to sign up. Please go sign up. It's dovemen.com slash pledge. It'll take you right there. It's for everyone, men, women, leaders of businesses, people at any level of a business to say, yes, I support men as equal caregivers. Yes, I understand this is a crucial issue. And this is something that's being driven by women as much as by men. men women understand this, the, the importance of this. So uh, we have that. And that's been going for a while. And now during COVID-19, Dove Men Plus Care has also created, we've created this site, dadscare.com, which takes you to all these awesome YouTube videos in which men are showing men how to care for our kids at home. And it speaks to that exact same idea that this is normal. <laughs> and just as moms make videos showing each other how to do things, dads you know, might do things differently, but we still do them. And so we have these videos as well. And we're going to keep adding to it to help, um, you know, to help empower dads and to help everyone. Everyone see that this is something that dads do just as well in caring for our sons and subject to this podcast in caring for our daughters. You know, I love these Dove Men Care uh, videos, the Dad's Care videos, because they are all short how-to videos. And to be honest, I'm going to say that my video is not up there yet, but I believe that I may have a video coming too about talking to your daughter about their period, which is definitely not an easy thing to talk about for a dad. Oh, boy. So have you, so you've done that already. I created the video with Dove, but it's not on the site yet, but I'm looking forward to having it up there. But I love all these other ones. I mean. No, I mean, you've already had that conversation with your daughter, right? Because she's that age. Right, right. Oh boy. Someday that'll be on me and my wife. A lot of dads will find that it's, it's sometimes, I mean, it's a lot easier for dads to, to let the mom to have that conversation, but it's also important for the dad to be involved in some aspect too, because uh, of course we don't go through what they're going through, but at the same time, it's important for us to be able to have conversations without them feeling awkward and, and strange too. But it's probably first most important to have conversations with your wife about how you can be involved without her feeling like you're infringing on a conversation that she feels that she needs to have. You know what's interesting? There's a woman who said this to me from my book, For All In. She was talking about the way that men pressure men and, and women pressure men too, like these ideas about how boys feel that they need to prove that they're men. She said that when she was growing up, she said when she started getting her period, she was a woman and everyone told her that, but that her brothers always had to prove that they were men. I always said that like just growing up and having your body change wasn't enough and wasn't treated the same way in the same kinds of conversations. That like, sure, there's this thing that happens to your body, but to be a real man, you have to go do all the following things. Where she said that never happened with her because in large part of the conversation surrounding menstruation. It's, it's interesting. It's, that is actually 
a really interesting moment to realize differences in how we might be be raising our kids and you know maybe we need to make sure that we raise our kids equally to be independent people and not feel that they have to prove that they meet some you know imaginary paradigm and and behaving a certain way in order to be considered a fully grown human so true and you know i think that going back to one of the things you said earlier you know you're talking about gender equality yeah uh, for some dads out there they may not know where to start where to start to be an advocate for their daughters, but for their whole family in that regard. What would you say to them in regards to initial steps or things that they can do to best be able to support their their daughters and their families in regards to gender equality? Yeah, it's so interesting because when I was writing all in, um, my editors said, okay, we want this to be a polemic. So literally give us steps, like <laughs> literally end chapters with do the following things, step one through 10. So I actually have you know, given that thought in, in different departments. And there are a lot of resources totally for free. You can find um, at my website at joshlevs.com about this, J-O-S-H-L-E-V-S.com. But for the purposes of this conversation, I would say, you know, look, one major thing we have to do, and I do this myself all the time, is is ask ourselves, are we raising our kids in a way that reflects gender equality and reflects um, open expectations for them to be whoever they are? And that means, you know, expecting and viewing our kids as, as having the capacity to do anything at all in life, no matter what gender, and trying to teach independence and strength equally. When we start asking ourselves these questions, that's when we start to realize, oh, okay, maybe I am working too hard to shape my daughter in a certain way or my sons. And also to reflect in ourselves, you know, kids respond a lot more to what they see than what you say. You can't do as I say, not as I do. So our own behaviors and our own actions and the ways that we handle our challenges, are we representing equality in that? Asking lots of questions and listening. You know, my oldest is 13 and we have conversations now about, you know, I ask him what he's hearing in school and and the kinds of things that they can say and talk about. And I try to, you know, calmly guide through those conversations. And it's already, you know, with my 10-year-old and also my daughter at six, there already is some of that. So I'm talking to them about, about what they're hearing. With them, because no matter how much you do at home, they still grow up in social spaces. And they're still going to be exposed to lessons and images that you disagree with. So learning what those are. And while you have them at home and they're young and, and they can be imprinted with important, helpful guidance, right? Responding to those things, asking them about it and, and seeing how their minds are shaping up and considering their views and teaching them facts because it's always about facts first. I think there's a lot of potential in there. Does that go? Does that answer what you're asking? It does. I think that it, it definitely helps with that. And I, I think there's a lot of ways in which you can approach this and a lot of ways in which you can move forward with this. So I, I love the fact that you've got some great resources on your website. And we'll definitely make sure that the, in the links today that there is something there for everyone to be able to get over to your website to see some of those too. Now, we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five. It's a way for us to be able to get to know you and get to delve a little bit deeper into you as a parent. Are you ready? I don't know. Let's give it a shot. Hopefully. <laughs> In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. Tell me about a time when you felt like you finally succeeded at fatherhood. Every time I see my kid successfully do or try something that they were too afraid of. And I've seen it with all three of my kids. And it's totally natural. And I'm not going to push them to do things they hate. 
but they they are they're scared. I'm like, no, you got this. You got this. We practice. You know how to do it. And then they go out there, and I've seen all three of my kids have times when they just nailed it. And I'm like, yes, because that's what I was telling you about earlier. You know, this whole idea of teaching them confidence and and risk taking. That's smart risk taking and preparation and hard work. It's like, yes, did it. Those are those are success moments. How would your kids describe you as a dad? Oh boy, fun silly, always chasing them and hugging them and stuff. Quirky, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, look, I mean, I'm sure I got plenty of, of, of things that they'll complain about for the rest of their lives because we all do, right? I mean, they'll probably end up saying that I'm neurotic, which I probably am. <laughs> and that I have high expectations. I do. I expect them to do their absolute best at any task they're ever given. And I know that that, you know, to some extent puts pressure on them, not you know, looking to stress them, but I expect them to work hard and prioritize. So yeah, I'm sure they would also say that I have high expectations for all of them. Now, who inspires you to be a better father? So you and I are both part of this community of dads, hundreds, even thousands of dads. And this is through multiple Facebook communities and there's the Dad 2.0 Summit. And I draw inspiration from dads in different ways all the time. You know, I don't, in general, I don't idolize people. Like I've been asked this in interviews about journalism. Is there someone that, who's like my journalistic idol? And there isn't. I, I see good actions by individuals and I draw lessons from those. So I'm constantly inspired by these fellow dads who, just like you and me, we know, look, we are carving a new era for, for fatherhood. And we understand that times are changing. And we are fans of gender equality and we see that there are people who are not and we're standing up and, and fighting the good fight. So, you know, in little ways, in terms of like the, the ways that dads and these groups uh, share our stories and share ideas and describe the activities they're doing with their kids, I draw inspiration just about every day from at least one of those fellow dads in our communities. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? I got this great advice once. I wrote about this in my book. So this was many years ago. It was I was covering this super traumatic, one of those mass shootings, whatever, all this stuff. Anyway, I talked to a therapist afterwards, and he told me this line that I've never forgotten. He said, parenthood is about setting the best example you can for how to be human. And I found that to be so helpful because the best example is, is being good. It's not being superhuman. It's not being guilt-ridden all the time. Also that you're not doing better. You know, it's easy to fall into that. And for me and probably for you and certainly for a lot of people, the hardest thing to do when you're a parent is to make sure you're also taking care of yourself. It's the first thing to go. But if you're not taking care of yourself, physically and mentally, then you're not setting a good example for how to be human. So really, you're failing in the ultimate test of parenthood. So you have even a parenthood impetus to make sure you take care of yourself. So amid everything, to keep that in mind, you're not supposed to have all the answers. Your kid doesn't need the fanciest devices in the world or the biggest house or any of these things. The number one thing your kids need from you is to set a good example for how to be human. And that means putting love first and optimism. And it also means standing for truth and justice and the way that you live your life. You know, truth first, knowledge, facts, and then doing good things that are good for everyone. That's the ultimate example. And when you put love first, you're going to be this phenomenal loving father. So it all fits together. But make sure you keep that mantra in mind. 
are you setting a good example for what it is to be human? And if you're not taking care of yourself at all, then you're not doing that. So remember, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Make sure that you're staying healthy through the tumultuousness of modern fatherhood. So true. And you definitely have to to do that and reevaluate that and consider all of that, you know, throughout the lives of your kids because it may change too. Now, I know you've mentioned your website a couple of times, but and you've got a book and and a lot of things going on. That if people want to find out more, where's the best place to go again so that people can find you, find out more about how they can get involved and just stay in touch? The paternity pledge is dovemen.com slash pledge. The new videos are dadscare.com. And my website is joshlevs, J-O-S-H-L-E-V-S dot com. And you'll see tons of resources there. And uh, everybody go on LinkedIn and link in with me. For me, LinkedIn is just the, the right social platform to use for all this stuff. It's so helpful. And we can keep track of each other and see where what we're up to professionally. So, you know, hook up with me there. And um, look, I look forward to when this podcast runs to, to hearing from folks. I want to hear what your thoughts are and, and what your questions are. And, uh, you know, maybe you and I can tackle some of them together. Well, Josh, I appreciate you being on today. I appreciate everything that you've shared. And I wish you all the best. Me too. It was wonderful to speak with you. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, hey, have a great day, everybody. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons, we make the meals, we buy them presents. Bring your A-game, cause those kids are growing fast. The time goes by just like a dynamite blast. Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men. Get out and be the world to best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be